Today on the DML News Podcast, we've got an array of stories, including $1 billion of financial transactions by members of Congress. That's what took place in 2023. Also, your president, (coughs) Biden, puts out a new video to insult the hell out of you, while Donald Trump beats on Nikki Haley, and we have to wonder why the Democrats are now supporting her. We've got these stories and so much more, so get ready, because it's all unfiltered. Dennis Michael Lynch gives you his word, and he will never let you down. He will always fight for America. The only one who really puts his money where his mouth is, is Dennis Michael Lynch. Hello, I'm Dennis Michael Lynch, and I thank you for joining Denny and me today here on the DML News Podcast. Uh, We have a lot of stuff to cover, so we're going to get right into it. But before we do, don't forget, every single day, we start off this program with a healthy shake. you got to stay healthy for 2024. You've got to stay healthy for the whole year. So we use Master Chef, Master Whipper, Master Maker, Ryan, to make us some good, healthy shakes. And every day, Dennis and I have it. We do have our own personalized cups on order. You're going to love them when they do get in here. But Ryan, what do we have here today? Uh, So today I did mango, orange, apple, and dairy-free coconut yogurt. Not bad. Not bad. I could taste the coconut. Uh, Dennis, what do you think of these shakes so far? They've been pretty good. All right, Ryan, you get to keep your job. With that being said, uh, starting on Monday, this coming Monday, I think it's January 7. Is that where 8? January 8. Uh, my new podcast every morning at 7 a.m. exclusively on the DML News app called Best Pals focuses in on meditation, eating right, breathing, all those things that you really need. So short little videos, 10 minutes or less every single day, Monday through Friday. And then on the weekends, I do it sort of live on Facebook. Uh, that starts on Monday. So we're going to start putting all things together. Just trust us here. We're going to have an array of programming that's going to help you from every last situation possible. Dennis, I want to start talking about term limits. It's one of the themes that I get from people year after year after year. They want term limits. And I can I can understand why when I read you this heading and a couple of uh, paragraphs here. Report, lawmakers disclosed up to one billion dollars in financial transactions in 2023. Congressional lawmakers from both sides of the aisle disclosed a billion dollars worth of financial transactions, a report by uh, Unusual Whales found Tuesday, an estimate based on the maximum disclosed amounts. The staggering volume raises concerns that many members of Congress trade stocks based on information unavailable to the public. Members of Congress traded fewer stocks than last year due to House members selling stocks more than buying them, the report found. Both Democrats and Republicans still beat the market. Democrats topped the S&P 500, the report set out to say. Beating the S&P 500 is very difficult for stock traders to do. But meanwhile, Democrats beat the index by seven points, 31%. Republicans fell short by six points at 18%. Democrats came out on top significantly due to their heavy tech portfolios. Republicans only returned about 18%, which is still great, 
but they underperformed as an aggregate because their portfolios are mainly in financial, oil, and commodities, which had a difficult year due to banking collapses and high interest rates. Some of the most notable members to beat the market are well-known defenders of the establishment. Representative Dan Crenshaw was up 38%. Nancy Pelosi, up 65%. Mitch McConnell, up 18%. Representative Dan Goldman, a Democrat out of New York, up 52%. And a Republican named John Curtis out of Utah was up 25%. Representative Brian Higgins, a Democrat out of New York from the Buffalo area, was the top trader in Congress last year, first elected in 2005, almost 20 years ago. He sits on the Budget and Ways and Means Committee. Brian Higgins was up 238% in his portfolio, Dennis. You know, Dennis, I'm I'm obviously uh, starting the planning for retirement for your mother and I, right? So we're going to be 55 this year, um, you know, theoretically. Uh, 65 is the retirement age, but you know, she and I were thinking about it. We know we have value in our home and things of that nature. And when we look at the money we have saved and we try to calculate what we may have by the time we do actually retire, we estimate every year if we're lucky to get 5%. If we're lucky to get 5%. Now, the S&P historically gets anywhere between 8 to 12%, right? Some some years it's down, some years it's up, but it averages about 10 to 12%, I guess, if you look over the course of time. You've got members of Congress that in some cases, forget about that one anomaly there that I just told you about, the 238% rise. You have members of Congress that are beating the S&P 500 by more than double and triple, Crenshaw being one of them. Now, to do that, you have got to be either extremely lucky, like you had one stock that was at five bucks and by the time the end of the year came, it was at a hundred. Or you have got to be extremely informed, especially if you're not a professional stock trader. And so my concern here is what America's concern is, is that our members of Congress, Senate, House, even the presidency, are all compromised in the sense that they watch out for themselves, they make all the money, and then they put all the rules and regulations on people like you and I. Term limits, I believe, would absolutely wipe that out. I don't think we'll ever see it, though. I mean, truthfully, the most successful money-making business in America at this point is U.S. Congress, I mean, look at that list. You got Dan Crenshaw, who was the you know false flag Republican that we've dealt with. Thank you for your service, but you should have stopped there. Nancy Pelosi, the old hag from California, who you know has been doing this for years now. Mitch McConnell, the old hag from Kentucky, who's been doing this for years now. Dan Goldman. I mean, all these people. It's it's not surprising at all to me that this is what they're doing. I mean, it's been kind of a pattern now for years, but we've been screaming from the hilltop, term limits, term limits, term limits. And what do uh, Congress do every year? No term limits, no term limits, no term limits. So uh, that's not shocking at all. Maybe the most shocking thing is how much Higgins actually did shoot up. I mean, I, I saw that report actually last night, You know, 
it's obviously insider knowledge. It's obvious that they're working in tandem with some of these big companies. But, you know, to your point, it's we got to get past the mindset it's Democrats versus Republicans. It's really not. It is us versus them. It's kind of what it always comes down to. It's a uniparty coalition. They are all making money from it. And it's the same kind of patterns that they always play. Democrats put the radical ideology in display and they push for it. They push for it. And the Republicans put up the false fight of we're going to stop it. And they're really not. They stop one out of 10 things. So, uh, you know, this isn't shocking to me at all. The real question is, uh, how do we actually implement term limits if people who are supposed to implement them don't want them at all? You know, we have term limits, obviously, for the president of the United States. Uh, but when it comes down to Senate, when it comes down to Cong- uh, congressmen, you know, House members, we just let it slide. And meanwhile, you know, you can make the argument that says that members of Congress are more powerful than the president because the president can only do so much if he doesn't have the Congress behind him. Now, as the country isn't moving forward because we can't get a law for this or we can't get a law for that, all these people are lining their pockets. There's no better example. I mean, and trust me when I tell you this story, which I've already shared on the podcast before, but it's worth repeating again for people who didn't hear it. There is a representative. His name is uh, Thomas Massey. He is a Republican. I believe he's out of Kentucky. And he pushes, and I mean pushes hard, against mandatory e-verify, which is, as far as I'm concerned, one of, if not the greatest tool that we can have in our arsenal if we seriously wanted to stop illegal immigration from this country. And I'm not just talking about the people who are coming across the border. I'm talking about the people who overstay their visas, okay? Because a border wall is not going to do anything for them. So that's why I think e-verify is so powerful. If you are a Republican... E-Verify should be like the 11th commandment. It won't. Okay. That's the sad part. So Robert Massey puts out this big, huge push against E-Verify. And I say to myself, my God, he's so passionate about getting rid of this thing. Why would that be? And I just decided, by chance, to go into his records to see who his top donor was. And as I suspected, it was a meat packaging company. And when you look at who works at meat packaging, it is typically the illegal alien. So there you go. His number one donor uses illegal labor, and therefore you're going to have Massey do everything he can to keep his number one donor happy and all ready to give him the money he needs in his next election. In addition to this money-making scheme that they have where, hey, I have the insider trading on what we're going to pass and what we're going to not pass, I'm going to know whether or not this company is going to succeed or it's going to fail based on what legislation we're going to allow or disallow, these people make over $150,000 a year and get a lifelong pension and get all their health benefits, and they're doing nothing for this country. Zero. You know, the way that this was designed was that the farmer came in and served a couple of years. The dentist came in and served a couple of years. The school teacher came in and did her part and then went back home to their businesses. Not these people. Look at somebody like Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer is unhirable based on his skill set. But make no mistake, Dennis. If he were to retire from Congress today, and this is something that barely anybody ever talks about because we're looking at today 
in the sense of what they're making their salary, the benefits they get, and these insider trading, you know, insider information things. But when he retires, even though he has no serious skill set, no job experience, he's going to sit on the board of a major company. You mark my word, he's going to get a quarter million dollars a year for, for doing so because that company that hires him is going to use him as a lobbyist to get past what they need. Look at what's happening over here with uh, Mr. Ryan, who was you know, the Speaker of the House and ran for Vice President with Romney. He now sits on the board of Fox News. You don't think that that guy is one of the most powerful people in this country? He sits there and he fires somebody like Tucker Carlson. He sits there and says, who does and who does not show up on television? Trust me when I tell you, these guys are making even more money when they leave Congress because the people in this country who run the big businesses realize that they can act as lobbyists or power brokers and get whatever it is they need. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, federal government, major corporation, education institutes like Harvard. Those three right there, they all just kind of go back. When Janet Napolitano left her position, she went to some school in California. It's what they do. It's always those three tenets, maybe throw in there a lobbying firm of some kind. But if you think that voting for any of these people is going to constitute them actually looking out for us, it's, it's, it's like talking to the, the deaf at this point. It's not the case. If you really want to do effective change for anybody, you don't really become a U.S. politician at this point. If you want to increase your portfolio, increase your power status, and also your influence, you should run for Congress. No questions asked. That is what 2024 has brought that's what the 21st century has brought with all these people and you just kind of you know i know we're not really gonna uh, focus too heavily on it today but obviously the epstein court documents came out obviously it was no big revelation it was the names we've always known about the power players that really aren't powerful as much anymore like bill clinton prince andrew Uh, i think the biggest shocker from from my perspective reading through the documents last night was uh, Stephen Hawking, but again, someone who's dead and can't really speak up. It's it's criminal, actually, the people that are running our country right now. Whether it is inside stock trading or helping, you know, a suspected Mossad agent like Jeffrey Epstein run the biggest pedophile scam in the history of the nation. Why are all these and powerful? All, the, all these people would have been protected, Dennis, if it weren't for that one judge. Exactly, and there's still people being protected. There's still redacted names. Maybe it's Oprah, maybe it's Bill Gates, maybe it's the Rothschilds. But the point is, these people are constantly protected. Of course they knew Bill Clinton's name was going to come out, and it's going to be nothing because what's his power at this point? Hillary ain't divorcing him. She know, he knows her crimes, she knows his crimes. You know, They're, they're basically the Frank and Claire Underwood. It, it's not going to really translate anything. I think maybe the biggest highlight is that you know, Trump was basically cleared and that the questioning revealed that he was never at the island even banned Epstein from coming to Mar-a-Lago. So when we have all these politicians that are basically mostly pedophiles or you know stock trading criminals, they're just going to be protected by, again, alphabet agencies and the media. Look how much they downplay. Oh, it's not a big deal that you know Nancy's Pelosi, uh, Nancy Pelosi's portfolio raised up. I mean, look what she's doing for San Francisco, helping the minorities. Yeah, okay. But you know, it, it's, it's classic run and cover every time for these people. And it's so tiring. If you go back and you remember the 2016 election, Donald J. Trump had a few uh, sticking lines. Build the wall. Build the wall. 
You heard them chant that time and time again. The other one was lock her up, lock her up to Hillary Clinton. Never happened. Never happened. Why is that? I don't know why it is, but I have a guess. It is amazing to me that nobody ever, and I mean ever, is ever held accountable for what they do wrong in Washington, D.C. So my guess is, when you look at somebody like Hillary Clinton, we could have got her, could have got Bill Clinton, could have got a lot of different people. But ultimately, you need one side to go after the other side. And I truly believe that every single person in Washington, D.C., is always trying to cover their own ass. And so it's one of these things. Hey, Dennis, by the way, we're going to be getting you for that insider trading stuff. And you say, oh, really? Really? Well, guess what, Ryan? We're going to get you for that affair you did. And it's like, what are you talking about? I didn't have an affair. Oh, yes, you did. Prove us otherwise. And so nobody ever wants to get dirty. Nobody ever wants to go into the rumble. Yeah, look. Because, so they all, they all protect each other. When you think of Epstein, right, and 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 uh, I can never say her first name, but Miss Maxwell, Jislyn, uh, Jislyn, whatever, yeah. who cares? You know, she's yeah. behind bars. He's dead, probably killed, and not actual suicide. But a lot of these people, yeah, it's all it's always blackmail and dirt that they have on these politicians. Heck, why are we really so close to Israel? Is it because Mossad maybe has a lot of dirt and inside information on these U.S. politicians? I mean. They are pretty much one of the biggest intelligence agencies in the entire world. But look, someone like Biden, Biden should actually be held for treason. I mean, this comes from and wokeness, and it's so true because he just lists it out. Arizona built a shipping crate wall. Biden sued, got it taken down. Texas built a buoy wall in the river. Biden sued, got them removed. Texas built razor wires on the border. Biden sued, sent agents, got the razor wire removed. Every action that would seem... I don't know, logical to the normal person. Oh, yes, protect our border. Put a wall, put guards. I even once said landmines. I still kind of believe it. And yet you have the president of our country who's supposed to lead us in the free world actively dismantling it at every opportunity. That's treasonous in my opinion, but no. Slipped your microphone up a little. But, you know. One of the things, you know, if you look at the signs, again, for those of you who are watching, maybe you haven't seen the first couple of episodes or those of you who are just listening, uh, the studio here is pretty much complete and we're going to be showing you more of it as uh, time goes on. In fact, tomorrow, uh, Friday night, um, we are going to wind up having our first wine and talk. So you'll wind up seeing uh, Mary and myself will be doing that. But... We are surrounded, Dennis and I are surrounded by magazine articles, magazine covers, newspaper articles, newspaper uh, covers. And one of them behind me is how Prohibition came to an end. Now, Prohibition was back in the 1920s, 1930s, and basically it was you weren't allowed to drink, you weren't allowed to sell, transport alcohol. And then it released, right? It, It stopped. Well, you have to wonder... How many members of Congress back then, how many people in the legislatures were making a fortune because they actually cut off the sale of alcohol? And then how many actually made a fortune when they turned it back on? See, we didn't have the Internet back then and we didn't have real time news every second like we do today. But I guarantee you the sort of corruption that we're talking about stems back 
far, 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 decade after decade after decade after decade. And sadly as it is, the United States is as just as corrupt as many other countries are out there. The difference being is that we have hidden it really well for a long period of time. And now, because of technology, this stuff is starting to come out. Ultimately, and I use that prohibition sign, and the reason why I put that prohibition sign behind me is not because I wanted to use it as an example of insider trading. I wanted to use it as an example of people want legislators to basically be there to protect our lives, to protect our jobs, to protect our well-being. We'll pay you good. We'll give you the benefits. We'll even give you the power that comes for those couple of years of when you're in office. But you've got to come home and then act like the rest of us. You're there to take care of the country, to take care of the, of the people. It's not happening. When, pe- when government gets in the way, you get things like prohibition, right? That's not what people want. They want limited government. They want to be able to be free. They want to be able to make their own decisions and have their independence about them. And we want people not to be corrupt. The only way that you can take the corruption out of Washington, D.C. is by inserting term limits. The second way, which we're not going to discuss today, we'll save for another podcast, is we have to take special interest money out of the election process. And I hate to say it, but it's true. The reason why there is money in elections, big money, big corporate unlimited funds into elections is not because of the Democrats. It's because of the Republicans, Citizens United. And by the way, the guy, David Bossy, who is a total scumbag in my opinion, David Bossy's the one who spearheaded that. He was one of the top generals in Trump's 2016 campaign. So we have to remember that Donald J. Trump, although great policies, does not walk on water. And there is a bunch of different things that this man needs to improve if he is indeed going to be the candidate. So with that, let's turn things over, Dennis, to a little 2024 uh, topics, if you will. Nikki Haley suddenly has become enemy number one to Trump, although he's still beating the hell out of uh, Ron DeSantis, and we're going to get to that in a second. We're going to play a little video. But let's stick on Nikki Haley for a second. Why and how, in heaven's name, is she starting to become the darling of the Republican Party? I don't get it. I get it. <laughs> she's old-time GOP. She's basically Kissinger. She's basically Bush. She's even, I would even say, Republican Hillary. She loves Ukraine, meaning go over there, spend the money, make the money, fight a proxy war. She's interested also in possibly sending troops into Israel. She, she, she's a neocon. She's a war hawk. Obviously, she's going to start racking up. The, and I think that's why DeSantis has honestly fallen, because we always talk about how he's tried to play the both sides of the MAGA and, and the GOP. But maybe at some point he really said, oh, my gosh, if I really have to answer to some of these absolute RNC freaks, I'd rather just stay governor of Florida and do the work that I can do there. I'm not saying that he's still not you know, trying to run. He's got no chance at this point of becoming the nominee, but maybe he saw the signs, whereas Nikki Haley, who has uh, exponentially increased her uh, net worth, by the way, since she served for Trump, which wasn't all too long ago, uh, she is as pro-war as it comes. And seriously, 
we have her as president, you can expect that we would see U.S. troops over in Ukraine. Everything comes back to Ukraine. I am you no, really think about I am it. no fan of Vivek Ramaswamy. <laughs> I've actually changed completely on him. So I, if you want to get on that. But, 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 but I don't want to go too, too deep to him because he's somewhat irrelevant. But I am not a fan of him. But what I am appreciative of is he really shined a light in many different aspects about Nikki Haley that we may have never have known. I didn't know that Nikki Haley was broke. You know, when, when Nikki Haley resigned from the UN spot and when she did it, it was so weird, so strange. And I said, you know, she must know something that's going on in the Trump administration that she wants to seriously distance herself from because she's going to want to run in 2024. Well, it turns out, or at least rumor has it, that the reason why she stepped away was because she was broke as all hell. Everything was going down the, the, the crapper for her. She had to get out and start going to make some money. And what did she do? Thank you, Mr. Ramaswamy. She winds up making, what, $8 million, he said it was, or something that she started making by going on corporate boards and by doing favors and you name it. This is what I'm talking about. This is what we're talking about. These people are basically monetizing us. Well, I disagree with you that Vivek is irrelevant. I'll say this, right? He does come with that uh, used car salesman approach. Uh, Obviously, some things in the past have seemed a little off, like his COVID response. But in these past few weeks, at least what I've watched, I mean, his his response with that white supremacy question by uh, that AB or that Washington Post reporter was was fantastic. So I'll just give him the benefit of the doubt that if he ever gets some kind of a leadership role, I mean, I don't think he'll be president either. uh, And he can actually do some of those pro-American, not pro-Republican, not pro-Democrat, pro-American policies that he's been pushing for these few months, then heck yeah, I, I could say maybe I was wrong about him. So until I see something that is just absolutely like red flag eyeball, I can't say anything actually too terrible about him in the current status. Like I said, there are things in the past, like with the whole COVID tweet, but you know, who isn't flawed in some capacity. Uh, but it is so clear at this point, and he had a great commentary, as you mentioned about it, what Nikki Haley's role has become, especially within the Republican Party. I actually am fearful that I mean, what's today's uh, date? Sure. January fifth, Friday. Yeah. So I am actually fearful. By the time that we get to Iowa and the primaries, something is going to happen that is going to result in Trump not actually being our nominee, and somehow she gets shoehorned in. And this is where you and I disagree because I don't think that uh, Ron DeSantis is out of the running yet. And we'll get back to because we're going to cover him in one second. And again, I don't want to go too deep into this predicting thing because any Tom Dick or Harry can do that. But I do want to give people what is happening. Trump has been targeting Nikki Haley a lot lately. He sort of shifted his focus. And there are people out there right now that are looking at the amount of money that Nikki Haley is raising, the amount of uh, uh, attention she is getting. And some are starting to say it's not Republican support. It's Democrat support that she's getting. What do you know about that? Uh, I don't know how I had the names, but I can't just cite them off my head. Uh, however, there have been very big uh, Democrat-based donors that have in the past, you know, basically the way to put it is I don't believe anymore Newsom is getting substituted in for Biden. And Biden is a absolutely walking disaster. So a lot of these big-time donors that have all this influx of cash have now been going over to Haley because they don't want Trump DeSantis, again, is no longer having that that golden seat, probably because he rejected a few of them. 
And now they're going to Haley. I mean, Haley has a track record of saying one thing and then doing the other, such as uh, Chinese buy-ups in, in her state. I know the refugee settlement thing with, uh, uh, what was it? It was uh, Obama's Syrian refugee uh, let, let me give the detail on that because yeah. that's a very scary thing because one of the things that I believe that the GOP establishment loves about her is that she is, whether she wants to admit it or not, she's going to lie through her teeth when she's sitting up there on stage and on the, the dais and, and, and the podium, uh, you know, on the stump. But day to day when she is actually governing, she is a different human being. So let's remind something about uh, Nikki Haley. As governor of South Carolina, Republican presidential hopeful Nikki Haley was sued by a resident of the state for backing former President Obama's refugee resettlement program. Over the years, Haley has held differing opinions regarding the federal government's refugee resettlement program, whereby thousands are resettled across the United States every year, many arriving from some of the most dangerous regions of the world. For example, Three days after the November 13, 2015 terror attacks in Paris, France, when seven Islamic terrorists killed 130 people, including one terrorist who reportedly posed as a Syrian refugee to get into the country, Haley was one of only nine Republican governors who continued supporting then-President Obama's plan to resettle Syrian refugees across the United States. This is the sort of thing she does. In fact, let's even play a video here, Dennis. Going back, she had positioned illegal aliens who are crossing our borders, who are coming into your country illegally, taking the benefits, doing all the things we talk about here every single day, killing, raping, pilferaging, you name it. She said they weren't criminals. Play the video, Ryan. But let's keep in mind, these people that are wanting to come here, they want to come for a better life, too. They have kids, too. They have a heart, too. They So we don't need to be disrespectful. We don't need to talk about them as criminals. They're not. They're families that want a better life, and they're desperate to get here. She, look, she she's a flip-flopper. Uh, they are criminals. They committed a crime they crossed the border and i know that clip is a, a slightly old but if we're who gonna, gives a crap if it's old again we don't have families even right now and in in the past but we don't have families crossing over in huge numbers we have military age men from syria from ethiopia from the worst countries that you would not want to find yeah, your men, own daughter yeah. or sister in coming over so they are criminals but th this, again, like, I got to give Vivek credit because at that debate, when he held up that corrupt sign, it stuck. Everything about her just is, is tacky and fake, even the name. Nikki's not her real name, and it's hysteria. I sent it to you. I don't even know if you read it, but uh, in her own autobiography, she changed her husband's name. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. His name's Bill. <laughs> but she said she didn't like Bill, so I'm going to call you by your middle name, Michael. It's like, I'm Dennis Daniel. I'm uh, being, it's as if I was going to be told, you know, Dennis, Denny. Uh, how about Daniel? Daniel will stick. Let's do Daniel. Well, no, it's well, not you deciding. Her. This is that's if what, your girlfriend that's what, decides. That's what hey, I'm you saying. know what? We don't want to be that's calling you Danny I'm, anymore. Yeah, you have to be Daniel. That's what I was saying. So, you know, it, it's very clear. You know, if that, if that if that that's her tactic with her husband, who knows what else she's doing with these corporate board members and probably people in her own cabinet in South Carolina when she was governor. 
So, or when she was literally a UN ambassador with the most powerful nations in the world. So I, I won't go into the prediction level. However, if anyone would have qualms after just hearing about us about Nikki Haley, I would very much urge go do more research and you realize follow the money, follow the dots, see who she's actually answering to because it's not going to be the American people and it certainly wasn't the people of South Carolina when she uh, put some Syrians in there. I don't, I, I don't think people should make the mistake of thinking that this is just Democrat operatives and, you know, stogie old um, white man, GOP elitist Koch brother style guy. I told you this story. It's worth repeating quickly. I was at a golf outing going back about two months ago. And the guys I was there with, only one guy really knew who I was and what I did. And I met all these new people. And my buddy told everybody that I used to be on Fox News, Newsmax, got a podcast, whatever. Of course, right away, they all start diving in about the 2024 election. Now, keep in mind, these are Floridians. They're all benefiting from Ron DeSantis. And at the time, I said, you know what? I don't have uh, a problem with either it being Trump or DeSantis. My preference would be for long-term DeSantis, but my preference for fixing the problems that we have in terms of corruption, I'll go with Trump because he's going to be on a revenge tour. And the group of guys all started to make the argument for Nikki Haley. I was shocked. I was shocked. And these were smart, educated, well-funded guys. And, and I, I just was so baffled about it. And what it was, Dennis, it wasn't so much a vote for Nikki Haley. It was a vote against Trump. And they all voiced their disappointment in the fact that Ron DeSantis just wasn't playing the sort of card that you have to play in order to win nationally. With that being said, I think this is a good introduction to this next segment here. I just want to spend five, ten minutes on it, and then we'll, we'll close up with some unbelievable video that's taken place um, in, <laughs> in a courtroom. Donald, one of the big things that has been going on for the last couple of months is Trump just pounding on DeSantis, pounding on him. And I think it's, it's really worked because DeSantis has been playing an awful bad job at defense. He has never had the chance to go on offense. Trump's not stopping. You know, and, and the question I have is, if you're up so much in these polls, why not just beat the hell out of Biden and the Democrats? Why are you still beating on Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis? And that's when I come back and say, you know, maybe he's got a little better insight than, than, than we do through the polling about whether or not he is doing as well as they're making it out to be. He recently got up and was making fun of Ron DeSantis and the boots he wears. Now, Ron DeSantis wears these cowboy boots that have big heels on the back. And the media has really played into it. You know, is he wearing fake heels so this way he gives himself a little bit of a lift on the podium to make himself appear taller? It is such petty nonsense garbage. We've got homelessness, fentanyl crisis, Russia, everything you can possibly imagine coming through with the border. Taxes are too high. Inflation's too high. Interest rates are too high. Criminals are running amok. And we've got the media and Donald Trump worried about Ron DeSantis' heels. 
Ryan, play the video of Trump uh, beaten up on DeSantis and his boot wearing. By tens of millions of, and I'm not wearing lifts either, by the way. I don't have six inch heels. Actually, the greatest moment of the debate when Ron was walking around to Sanctimonious was walking off the stage. And his feet, it's weird, because his cowboy boots. So they have a high heel outside, but inside you got a big deal going on. And he's walking like. No, he's walking off the stage like he's trying to balance himself. I thought he was wearing ice skates. Dennis, the reason why I bring that up is, I mean, I personally, I just don't think it's funny. I think it's, it's, it's completely petty. But I don't think Trump learns his lessons. And I think this is a really, really dangerous thing he's doing. Breitbart, uh, one of the most popular websites there are out there for pro-Trumpers, ran a whole story about how they had an exclusive uh, on Trump. Trump says, yeah, he walks like a duck and makes fun of his boots. There was over 9,500 comments on this article. So I went in to take a look at the comments. The number one popular comment, here's how it reads. Way to pull in those undecideds and independents. Since DeSantis is no threat in this primary, why the continual fourth grader name calling and taunts? Another person writes, I agree with almost everything Trump did and wants to do, but the childish name calling makes quite a few people I know refuse to vote for him. They won't vote for Biden either, which in turn is a vote against Trump. Another person writes, you need to get the people to the polls. And this is one thing millions of us hate about Donald Trump. Somebody, I don't know who it is, and I hope this person exists. Somebody has got to take him by the freaking collar and say, cut the bullshit. We have got a man who's 80 plus years old, who's tripping, falling, dribbling all over himself, can't complete a sentence, is putting out commercials, which we're going to play in a second, which is anti-America. This should be the easiest victory of all time. We got to get you past these lawsuits and criminal suits we got to get you past the primaries, which they're trying to rip you off. The last thing we need is for you to be calling your own team names and acting like a child. Act professional. Act like a leader. Act like somebody who's going to fix these problems. Get that undecided and independent who left you and who is hurting to come back to you. And the way you've got to do that is focus in on the problems, focus in on Democrats and Joe Biden and leave this petty crap alone. Because the guy who wrote here that, you know, not showing up to vote because you're holding your nose and saying, I ain't going either guy is a vote for Biden. Your take. Uh, I agree that. Trump, 
you know, going after the boots thing. And I should say everybody going after the boots thing. It's, it is kind of ridiculous how this story has, um, you know, kind of developed over the last few months. It's, it's petty childish, but reality is Trump has always been a smack talker. Uh, if you're not going to go to the polls to vote because Trump made fun of DeSantis's heels, please get over it because, and look, this is just going based off of the polling. But a lot of polling now has shown that, you know, Trump has a pretty good chance of beating Biden. I mean, when you go every grocery store visit that I have taken so far uh, just to get necessities is always over $50. And when it's something pretty essential, it's pretty much over a hundred dollars. So, you know, he's an awful president, meaning Biden. Uh, he could barely talk. He's incoherent. He gives all our money to Ukraine and and basically, you know, to other foreign interests. So I agree. It's stupid, petty talk. Got to get past it and focus on other stuff. However, Trump has, I mean, when he was president, he trashed Mika's facelift, Mika Brzezinski's facelift. It's, you know, not presidential. It's, it's, but that's also his entire personality. But yes, Don, Don Jr. had posted something about the heels on his Instagram a few weeks back, and he got ripped in the comments about it. They, they, they need to divert their focus to just getting through the primaries and all the crazy lawsuits and, and, and get with it. At the same time, uh, Trump has never been one to listen to the man pulling on his collar, specific, specifically with his ongoing lawsuits. He, he openly speaks out, and there's always the gag order placed on him. But that's part of his appeal with a lot of voters, truthfully. I mean, I know... You know, there's the disgust by some people like, why, why? But some people like the fact that he uh, just literally comes out swinging no matter who it is. It's, he is no golden God. He is no Jesus. He's no angel. I do think he is probably the best person at this point to defeat Biden. But, you know, I, I, seeing something like that, yeah, it's, you know, not it's a turnoff, but it's not going to prevent me from going to a poll and voting. And here's the part that maybe my experience uh supersedes this conversation because at 28, you don't have the experience I do at 54. Elections are not won by having tremendous momentum with your base. That's how you get the nomination. The way you win the election is in the middle. That's why every candidate, when they start off in a primary, talks as right-wing as you can get because you are focused in on your own party. And then once that nomination is received, you move to the middle because now you have to get the people who live in the middle, the independents and the undecideds. And, you know, you speak about how it is that he made fun of whoever's uh, facelift it was, whose uh, plastic surgery that he make fun of. You oh, just said Mika Brzezinski. M- Mika, the one from MSNBC. Trump's number one biggest hit to his following was women. So you want to win this election? Because I can tell you that the women who probably alienated him are suffering right now on many different levels. It's the woman who usually is going out and doing the food shopping for the family. She's the one who sees it in the wallet every single time she goes shopping. She's the one who's got to deal with the kid in school and all the different radical crap that's happening in school. She's the one who sits there and says, wait a second, you're going to say Dylan Mulvaney is, is the, is the uh, woman of the year? Are you kidding me? You know, the woman in this country, the mother in this country, has taken an absolute beating in the past four years. 
Trump has her right there in his hand. All he's got to do is not lose it. It's his to lose. And when he does stupid things, when I go on Breitbart.com and I see that top 100 statements being, what is Trump doing? That's when I say to myself, my God, are we going to throw this thing away again? So I'm not sold on the idea that Ron DeSantis is out of this. You know, Nikki Haley, let's end it on this, Dennis, and then we just have to go to this unbelievable video before we say goodbye. There is a video circulating. We don't have it, but there's a video circulating of Nikki Haley speaking in New, uh, New Hampshire. So remember, the way that the primary goes, you have the Iowa caucus, then, you've got the, uh, then it goes to New Hampshire, then it goes to South Carolina. And usually by then, you've got a good indicator who is going to be number one and number two. She told the people in New Hampshire that it's going to be their job to fix the mistake that the people of Iowa have made, meaning Iowa's first, right? She's admitting she's not going to win Iowa. You're going to fix the mistake, and then South Carolina, my home state, is going to bring it home. There is a possibility, Dennis, that Iowa goes to either DeSantis or Trump and that that woman, because she's got Sununu, who's the governor of that state, Sununu's endorsement may help her in a big way. It's a different side of, type of state, New Hampshire. I've been there before. I have did that whole primary thing before. It's a very different sort of state. And then you got South Carolina, where it's her home field. I mean, we could be looking at a situation where you've got, whether it's Trump or um, DeSantis winning Iowa, and don't count DeSantis out, by the way. He's got the endorsement of the governor of that state. He's been going around to all the counties. And, you know, there was a guy named Rick Santorum. I don't know if you remember Rick Santorum or not. Rick Santorum didn't have a snowball's chance in hell during the primary where uh, Mitt Romney was the, the front runner. He went to all 99 counties. Nobody was taking him seriously. He wound up placing at the top in Iowa. And all of a sudden, he became a legitimate force. Nobody expected that to happen. So don't be surprised if Ron DeSantis comes close to the top or not the top, and that could change everything. So Trump has got to step back a little bit off attacking his own team with this stupid silliness. Focus in on what you're going to do for people. Get those people to come out and vote for you instead of saying, oh, man, we're going to do this again. I don't know if I could do this a second or third time. Last word on the election goes to you, and then I want to move to this unbelievable video. I think that's just it, too. Um you know, again, this is why we can't look at it, the Republican Democrat team thing. Uh, Trump does not view DeSantis as someone on his team. I think a big thing, and again, this is just analysis. It's not that I support it, uh, but a big thing with Trump's issue with DeSantis is that he feels betrayed. He gives, you can throw your hands up, but you know, this guy's he, cheated on every wife, Dennis. I mean, okay, his, 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 his. Definition of loyalty. His definition of loyalty is questionable. Okay. Ron DeSantis is one of the Republicans. Look, I'm going to, if you ask me today, am I going to give my vote for Trump? Absolutely. I'm going to give everything I have behind him. You watch me on Facebook Live. I'm Trump, 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 Trump. But that does not mean that I am going to be one of these blind people who ignore the truth. The truth is that Ron DeSantis has done the best job for the state of Florida that any governor has ever done in my entire lifetime. I am not going to dilute that man's effort 
and what he's been able to do. And let's not forget for a second that every single last popular Republican from uh, Tucker Carlson to now Mr. Hannity and every single one of the Trumps has moved to Florida. That's not by chance. As I was saying, though, whether we want to label it as pettiness or whatever, his whole sphere or his whole idea here is that he was betrayed by DeSantis because DeSantis threw his you know, name to the ring to run for president. They should bury the hatch and get over it because clearly Trump is still leading. So it's, again, it's not that I co-sign or, or agree with it, but you know, with Trump, yes, cheats on the wife. You know, he's obviously got some other issues with some of the people that he's hired. There's no doubt. I mean, Alan Dershowitz, you know, he's uh, listed quite a bit in that Epstein document. So, you know, I think he surrounds himself sometimes also with the wrong people. I'm just saying, like, if if we're hoping for a kumbaya between the two, it's got to come quick because otherwise I I don't foresee it happening. Keep in mind something. And again, I'm not going to go down denial here. Ron DeSantis, although Ron DeSantis has now started to bring out some stats and statistics, what Trump has and has not done when he was president. Ron DeSantis is not playing the same game that Trump is. Trump is seeing him as his enemy. DeSantis just said the other day, if Trump uh, is off a ballot, that is a mistake. He should be on every single ballot. So DeSantis isn't playing the same game. If it was DeSantis in trouble, Trump would, would, would still beat on him. That's where, look, I don't, I don't take any of this personal. I can give a rat's ass. I live in Florida. I know I still got Ron DeSantis for another two years. This state is completely Republican, and I mean dark red Republican with conservatives. The next governor of this state is going to be a DeSantis-like person. I'm happy in my little cocoon. But on a national level, if we're going to beat the Democrat machine, if we're going to learn from our mistakes, then what we've got to do is shift the messaging. And Donald J. Trump right now is not shifting the messaging and he is going to blow it if he continues down this path. It's, you're not winning the Republican Party. You need to win the United States of America. And that's the way that is. Now, with that being said, let's shift gear here for the last second. There is a video out of, um, what did this happen? This happened in uh, Clark County, Clark County, Nevada? Yes. It had to be in Nevada. There is a video where a judge is sentencing a criminal who's a black man and the black man decides he doesn't like the sentence. So what does he do? He charges the actual judge. Ryan, play the short video. I appreciate that, but I think it's time that he gets a taste of something else because I just can't with that history. In accordance with the laws of state of this court. Dennis, what's the details on this guy? Uh, his name is Deobra De Delone Redden. He's 30 years old. Uh, he has a pretty violent track record. And I think, yeah, so he, he was facing the judge simply, uh, not simply, but he was facing the judge because he had felony charges uh, regarding battery of, um, it doesn't list who, but basically he beat someone up. Uh, she was giving him, um, or denying him, I should say, a chance of parole. Uh, he called her a stupid B-word. 
Rhymes with which. Which, you know, two minutes prior, he actually told her, I'm not a rebellious person. But, you know, as soon as he gets his statement, he uh, calls her that and then quite literally lunges for her and tries to beat her up. So the lesson there is these criminals need to be put in jail. The the leniency has got to end. All right. And on top of that, we're going to cut to another video real quick. This is from Compton, California, where they're literally driving a car through the front of a storefront to break into it. It's a street takeover. That's the new thing, Dennis. This whole thing called, uh, you know, it's an illegal street takeover where they take the cars and they do donuts and whatever, and nobody's allowed to do anything on the street. They take it over. This is happening in Compton. We're going to play this from ABC News. Uh, if For those of you just listening, imagine a car driving through a storefront and the people that are playing the game of we're going to take over this place, they steal $20,000 worth of food and items from this mom and pop store. Play the video, Ryan. Well, we're not going to end on that sour note. What we're going to end on is this. You've got to believe, you've got to keep your faith that all of these crazy things that we talk about on this program can and will change. If Donald J. Trump is indeed going to be our nominee and he's going to get past all these crazy lawsuits and, and, and litigations, he has got to make his message a unified message. We need to become the United States of America where we're all tough on crime, where we're closing down the border, and we're trying to get money back into our pocket instead of the pockets of dirty politicians, Mr. Zelensky, and Hamas. That's what needs to happen. Donald J. Trump, if you're going to be the nominee, please wake up and just focus in on that sort of thing, and you can win. If you're not the nominee, well, Ron DeSantis, you better knock out Nikki Haley somehow, some way, because Nikki Haley presidency is going to look a lot like Barack Obama's. Until next week, Monday, God willing, uh, may he bless you, your family, these United States. May you stay well over the weekend. Don't forget the Wine and Talk goes tonight. I forgot it launches tonight, later tonight. Uh, That will be all through the weekend. And then on Monday at 7 a.m., I come to you with the first episode of Best Pals podcast. And, of course, the DML News podcast will be with you on Monday, God willing. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good day, everybody. Get the Dennis Michael Lynch podcast every day by subscribing on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and download the DML News app from the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store for breaking news, merchandise, films, exclusive content, and Team DML.